Welcome to On Mission, the teaching ministry of the Mission Church in Urbandale, Iowa. We exist to love God by loving others, leading them to become fully functioning followers of Jesus Christ. Join Pastor Mike as he teaches through the Gospel of Luke. If you'll take your Bibles and turn to Luke chapter 9 this morning, Luke chapter 9. Three weeks ago, we entered chapter 9, and when we did, we discovered that Jesus was finally ready to launch his disciples into the world to begin active ministry on their own. And I say that uh, he was finally ready because when Jesus called these men to follow him, he did not immediately send them out into the mission field. In fact, he invested quite an amount of time into them Right around one and a half years, he taught them, he modeled for them, he showed them, uh, and he prepared them for that inevitable day in which they would launch out without his physical presence and represent the gospel, represent him, the Lord Jesus, and represent the kingdom. And I remember making a point in that particular message when we were looking at those uh, first verses. I shared with you that everything that Jesus did... From the time he began his earthly ministry up until the day he launched those men out to do solo ministry, everything that he did was to prepare them, was to get them to the place where they could actually go out and do works of the kingdom without his physical presence. And and as we think about that, it tells us that this launching point for them was a huge milestone in their preparation to be the foundation upon which worldwide gospel ministry would be built. Well, in like manner, the passage we look at today holds that same significance. It can be said that everything Jesus did from the inception of his public ministry to this point in time that we're looking at today, including the sending of the disciples out for solo ministry, was to get them to the place that they would know without any doubt that Jesus was no mere prophet, that they would know that he did not come to be a political or social reformer. So that they would have it cemented into their their mind and in their heart that he wasn't even a reincarnated Elijah uh, coming back to earth to reestablish the ministry uh, that he left many years earlier. In order for them to be effective in what he had chosen them to do, uh, they had to know beyond any doubt that Jesus is the Christ that he is the son of the living God. And getting them to that place constitutes a a second huge milestone in their preparation to launch the gospel into the world. Today's text is Luke chapter 9, verses 18 through 22. But I'll begin reading in verses 7, and I'll read 7, 8, 9, and then come to verse 18, because these earlier verses that we've already looked at do set up what we are going to be seeing here today. So, Luke chapter 9, beginning with verse 7, says, Now Herod, that is Herod Antipas, the tetrarch, heard about all that was happening What was happening that Herod was hearing about? Well, he was hearing about another 
person who was going about the region, who was teaching things that was literally blowing people's minds. They just, I mean, they couldn't quite uh, understand it, but yet they were drawn to him and they wanted to hear what he had to say. And not only that, but he was out there uh, feeding them and healing them and doing all kinds of miracles. And these people were being then swept into a movement that was very much uh, like John the Baptist's movement. And so he's been hearing about this and he's perplexed. And he's perplexed because... Some are saying that this person that he's hearing about is John the Baptist, that he's been raised from the dead. Others are saying about him that he is a reappearance of the prophet Elijah. And still others are saying that uh, this man is one of the uh, prophets of old whom God has called to come back and perhaps lead Israel. And so we find that Herod is perplexed about this. And why is he perplexed? Well, in verse 9, it tells us because he had John the Baptist killed. He had John the Baptist's head cut off. So he's perplexed because people are saying John the Baptist is back, but he knows he killed him. And he doesn't seem to be too terribly concerned about Elijah or some other prophet. I don't think he cared about that whatsoever. But he's perplexed in his heart. And the scripture says here that he, that is Herod Antipas, wanted, sought to see Jesus. He had seen John the Baptist. He had conversations with John the Baptist. He had heard John the Baptist preach. But now there's this new guy out here who's doing all these things that are kind of reminiscent to John the Baptist. And so, hey, I want now, I killed him, but I want to know. I want to see this person. I want to have a conversation with him. Just a quick note about that. Although Antipas wanted to see Jesus, he, he never got a chance to see Jesus, not until the day that Jesus stood before him an accused criminal. Pilate had examined him and then sent him on. And now Herod, uh, at that point, was able to see him and ask him questions. But when the opportunity came, uh, Jesus didn't answer any of his questions. In fact, he just stood there and listen to the things that Herod had to say, but he did not open his mouth. Well, that leads us then to verse 18. Of course, coming out of uh, Herod's perplexation, is that a word? His perplexity, uh, we see that Jesus sort of answers, who is this one? By feeding the 5,000, which really probably was 10,000, which very likely could have been 15,000. And he performed that, I think, in response to that question, so that there would be no question. And verse 18 then says, Now it happened that as he, that is Jesus, was praying alone, the disciples were with him. And he asked them, Who do the crowds say that I am? Notice what their response is. It's the same as what Herod got when he asked, who is this person? Well, his disciples said, some are saying that you're John the Baptist, and others are saying that you are Elijah, and and others that one of the prophets of old has arisen. And then he said to them, but who do you say that I am? And Peter answered, the Christ of God. And after Peter said that, 
we find that Jesus strictly charged and commanded his disciples to tell this fact to no one. Mm, That's interesting. Tell no one. And he goes on then to say this, that the Son of Man, that was a, uh, a title that he re- referenced him, uh, himself by many times, that the Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders and the chief priests and scribes and be killed and on the third day be raised. You know, not much has changed in 2,000 years. It is today as it was then, that when, when, when people begin to hear about a major happening, when a major occurrence hits the, the communication channels, it seems like everyone develops an opinion about that happening. Now back then, news didn't travel fast and wide like it does today, but the stories of the rabbi who taught like no other who was performing works that were truly supernatural, even God-like. Those stories were spreading and they were causing much debate. It's interesting to note that although Jesus was doing works that people saw and, and knew about that were works that only God could do, the voice of public opinion never quite swung to that thought that maybe this man is God incarnate. But the evidence was saying that he was, even though they weren't picking up on the clues. In fact, all of the evidence of his teaching and of his miraculous acts were shouting that God is among us. But of course, from the average person's perspective, well, that would be impossible. That would be impossible because God would never leave heaven, would he? It's impossible because God would would never take on human flesh. It's impossible because God, if He was here, would never tolerate the Jewish people being in a subservient position to those Gentile dogs known as Romans. And so what we, we find is that what began with Herod asking who Jesus might be It continued with the people that lived in that day, and in fact, it continues to our day. People are still asking that question, who is Jesus? And that question does get asked in our neighborhoods. People do talk about it where you live. It gets asked in the taverns around town. Believe me, you think they're just there to to drink, and maybe they are, and to play pool and whatever else they're doing. But I guarantee you, religious conversations come up there, and someone asks, well, who do you think Jesus is? He gets asked in the halls of higher academia as we find the learned professors often seeking to muddy the, the minds of our young people to convince them that Jesus is just a myth. But increasingly, the question of who is Jesus? Who is this one who came? That question is coming up more and more in the church. The place where you would think we would have the answer to that. But it is coming up. And in all of these places, you have this answer coming back. Well, Jesus was a great prophet. You'll also hear this response. Well, Jesus was a great moral teacher. And he showed us how we should live. And if we were wise, we would live as he lived. 
There is a segment in our culture that that looks at Jesus as that political and or social reformer. They, They see him as a rebel. And so let us be like that and seek to make our ideals the way the world will be. And then, of course, the, the people who just say, well, you know what? He was just a rabbi. That's it. He, you know, he was just a rabbi. He was just a teacher who got caught up in something he couldn't handle and, and it became a historic event. But, you know, he was just a poor guy who was in the wrong place at the wrong time. And then, finally, there are those when the question comes up, who is Jesus? They respond by saying, is there even enough evidence to prove that he even existed? They deny the historical record that Jesus of Nazareth actually did come and live on this world. All of these opinions that I've just shared with you are opinions that exist and thrive in the various segments of society. But you know what? Truthfully, those opinions don't matter, do they, in this room this morning? Not one of them matters. There's only one opinion that matters in this worship center this morning, and that is, who do you say that Jesus is? This is On Mission. The Mission Church is located at 12001 Ridgemont Drive in Urbandale. To learn more about our ministry, visit our website at themissiondsm.org or call us at 515-255-2122. We gather for worship each Sunday at 10 a.m. We would be honored for you to join us. Have a blessed day, and thank you for listening to On Mission.